how do you price an ad on your channel? That's probably the most common question we get from other creators. And it was the biggest question we had when we first started on YouTube. So we're hosting a live workshop on how to price yourself. This is everything that we've learned in the past 13 years of being on YouTube and our simple three-step process that'll help you develop concrete pricing. So if you wanna join us for this live session, just go to colinandsamir.com slash live. Enter your email and you'll get all the information about our live event on May 9th. All right, hope you enjoy this episode of The Colin and Samir Show. What's up, everyone? Welcome to this episode of Creator Support, the show where we answer your questions about the business of being a creator. On today's episode, we dive into the curse of the viral video. We also talk about some of the latest announcements from YouTube and Meta and what they mean for creators. Then we answer the question, how do you get your first brand deal after experiencing a viral spike on a video? All right, if you make it to the deep end, let us know. All right, a lot has happened since the last time we were sitting here on this show. What has it been, two weeks? Two weeks. We spent uh, about like five days at YouTube and then following that up, basically went straight to Meta's campus and spent three days at Meta. Some days in between that were fun. But You're just gonna leave out Philadelphia? No, we went to Philly. Not just some days in between. We went to Philadelphia yeah. for the Premier Lacrosse League Championship. That was very we fun. We sat on the field. That was very fun. Just some days. There were some days in between. Can't just call Philadelphia just some days. Well, here, here was my trouble with Philadelphia. You're a big Philly guy. Yeah, how dare you do that to the was city of like, Philadelphia? It was really hard to find, like, a piece of spinach in Philadelphia is, like, hard one of the by. hardest things to find. Sure. Like, a kid from L.A. traveling through Philadelphia was hard. The, 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 like, healthiest thing we ate was at a gas station. Samir, it's not a gas station. Wawa is a gas station. No, it's not. You, it is. You can get gas outside of the Wawa, okay, but it doesn't make a, it a gas station. That's a gas station. It's a Wawa, Samir. It's a gas station. It's a land of opportunity where you can get anything you want. Okay, well, we're going to talk to you guys about everything that we just experienced going and spending time at YouTube, talking with the CEO of YouTube for an hour on mics, which and, will come out on our main channel. And then we'll tell you about our experience at Meta, where we sat, I don't know, five feet from Mark Zuckerberg himself. From Zuck. Didn't get to talk to him. Yeah. But, yeah. We're also going to answer your questions on this episode. The first question that we found really interesting was from Prada in our Discord. Said, new video just blew up. How do I have that traffic carry over to other videos? None of my other videos appear to be getting suggested alongside it. Will it naturally pick back up once people seek out the videos on my channel themselves. This is a plight that happens to a lot of early stage creators. It happened to us a lot when we were first starting out. This kind of curse of a viral video. And we'll get into it. Ah, uh, the curse of a viral video. It's also almost Halloween time. Spooky. All right, we will get into that question. But first, we want to thank the sponsor of this episode, Uscreen. Samir, question. Hit me. Why are memberships great for creators? Three words. Monthly. Yep. Recurring. Yep. Revenue. Bingo. Safety against algorithms. How many of these do you want me to do, Colin? That's good. Those are all reasons why memberships are great for creators. Uscreen is a company that helps creators build memberships that bring them closer to their audiences and build reliable recurring sources of income. Uscreen has helped creators earn more than $150 million and reach over 9 million users. And all of that is rooted in their belief that content and community are what make a great membership offering. One of the coolest things about Uscreen is that they will help you create standalone apps. A creator that Samir and I have followed for a long time, Yoga with Adrian, has her Find What Feels Good community, and we've been members of it, actually, for a couple of years. 
Within the app, you get access to all of her videos without ads. You get exclusive content like her monthly vlogs, and you get access to the entire community, which is incredibly active. Every day, people are posting in that community, encouraging each other. It's pretty incredible. Uscreen doesn't offer just videos. You can also live stream within the app to your audience. Uscreen offers creators a membership expert to guide them along the way in launching their community. And if you're already using another membership platform, they'll actually help you migrate your content and your community over to Uscreen. They also have a resource called Membership Plus where you can learn best practices for memberships and learn from case studies from other creators. Uscreen, iScreen, we all, we all screen. screen for Uscreen. <laughs> But okay, if you're a creator and you're interested in memberships, check out Uscreen, click the link in our description, reach out to them and tell them Colin and Samir sent you. Okay, so let's talk about this question from Prada about a video that just blew up, but the traffic is not going over to their other videos. The question you have to ask yourself there is, do you wanna repeat this style of video? And is this video an outlier because it's potentially a change in format, mm -hmm. a change in concept? Like, are, did you hit a different community or did you change the style of the video to have it perform better? Yeah, I think w what's happening right now is like people are potentially taking too many signals from a single viral video. And I, I think it, it does mess with your head. Like when we were first starting out and something would overperform in our library or like we'd put something out and something would overperform, you know, there's parts of it that would indicate to me, okay, we should keep doing this. Um, but that can also put you in a bit of a box creatively and start to freak you out of like, oh no, I didn't really want to do that. Or maybe I didn't want to do that. Um, and it doesn't surprise me that there's not traffic going over to your other videos, unless it was the exact same style. If you enjoyed making this video, you should look now 12 months in the future and say, if I make two of these a month for the next 12 months, where am I going to be? Because then you're in a good spot. Because at the end of the day, like when... I even look at the Colin and Smear channel. It took us years and years and years to develop a format where the viewership of the library is growing on a daily basis. And that has actually happened primarily this year when we had a library of long-form interviews. That is what has been growing. You know, like the traffic to those videos now has substantially increased this year. That really wasn't the case last year. Yeah. I think it's important as a creator to de-emphasize the importance on virality mm -hmm. because we seldom go viral. Yeah, like it, we our career is now a little bit more established. We are in this career of being creators, but it does not rely on going viral ever. Yeah, it's just not a part of what we need. And I would say most creators don't need to be going viral ever. Like it's a very small percentage of creators yeah. who are trying to hit that style of viewership. Now you do need viewership. Sure. Of course. No yeah. doubt. But what we're saying is you don't need like explosive viewership all the time. Yeah. You don't need it. It's great to have it, but you don't need it. You just also don't even really need explosive viewership. Like we have videos that have accrued in, in viewership and gone way outside of our maybe core subscribers, mm -hmm. core demographic, but it happens at like a slower rate over time. Yeah. You, know, you look back at a video six months later and you're like, wow, that one really performed. Yeah. It's not always that viral pop. Yeah. And again, like there is a, there is a curse to it. We've talked to a ton of creators about it. Marquez Brownlee said to us, the best thing that, that never happened to him was uh, an early viral video. We can take way too many signals from the reward of virality. You know, we did make a, you made a YouTube short this year 
about the three oldest videos on YouTube that did 36 million views. And that is viral, in my opinion. That's a viral short. The strategist mind would go, we should make a ton of listicles about YouTube videos. But you take a step back and you go, does that actually add anything to our brand, to the brand of Colin and Samir? Maybe a little bit of visibility, maybe a little bit of, you know, okay, that's cool. But it really doesn't add to the broader picture of the brand. Mm -hmm. And so then it's like, I think we've gotten to a point where we've done this long enough to go, okay, no, we don't need to take signals from that. That was a cool experiment, but let's not do another one. I do think it is important to think about over time, how do you make sure that if you do go viral, you can uh, ensure that the maximum amount of people are interested in going and watching your, your library. Videos. Yeah. And there are some good examples of this. I think the Sticks guys yeah. right now who just released their video with Mark Rober mm -hmm. about turning his life into a movie. In that video, they tell you that this is part of a series mm -hmm. where they've been making it for other creators like Ryan Trahan, and the goal is to do it for Mr. Beast, mm -hmm. right? So like, even if you only watch one standalone video, can you make sure that audiences know the greater world that this is a part of? Agreed. Like, I've even for us, in a lot of our episodes, you know, in 2022, which was a major year of growth for us, if we brought up another creator that we had made an episode about, we would make sure you knew yeah. there was a full episode about this. Mm -hmm. Virality only matters if you have a consistent format. That That's my opinion. Because now, if our next interview goes completely viral, there are, you know, 10, 20 interviews that you can find yourself in if you enjoyed that style. I would say format and value prop. Yeah, format you and value prop. You need to have a consistent value prop so that if someone does come across one of your videos that goes viral and they do search for another video, they get that same value. Yeah, I think, um, you know, we were just with Jack Coyne in New York who has a TikTok show called Trackstar where you guess, you know, the if you, if you guess the song, you win five bucks, it doubles every time. Uh, and he's starting to get, you know, major celebrities on the show. And I look back at that and, and- Are you referring to yourself because you were on the show? No, I was referred to, I was on the show, but I was referred to as a semi-famous person. By who? In the comments, it was like, I liked when the show was about normal people. Now you have semi-famous people on here. Okay. And I was like, you know what? I'll take semi-famous. Yeah, that's actually, that's fine. I'll, I'll take semi-famous. Cool. I did pretty well. With eyes wide open. Yeah. I did pretty well on the show. Yeah. I just wasn't sure if you were referring to yourself as the the famous people, the famous celebrities no, no. who are gracing the show. Also, not part of the point. The point is I can sit and watch that show like I can just crush through that. Like I go on the TikTok page and I just, I was sitting on the plane before we took off from San Francisco to LA and I probably watched 50. Like, I go on the TikTok page. Is that like an old person type of thing to say? No, no, no. Like I, I log into the TikTok No, I was watching website. the TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. I was watching the TikTok um, <laughs> yeah. and the content was playing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, I go on their TikTok page. What am I supposed to say? How would you describe no, that? No, you just said like I go on the TikTok page as if there's one page that's No, like I was the talking TikTok about the Trackstar TikTok yeah, page. Okay. I just, you know. Okay, the channel, the I'm trying TikTok to make sure channel? we're staying with the times. The tick the the TikTok? I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe so, there's a cooler way to say that. Okay. All I'm saying is that if that comes across your feed and you click through, you can go back and watch a ton of them. They have the exact same format. They start the exact same way. You yeah. can get pulled into that format. And you look at even at the top right now with what Mr. Beast is doing, um, he's replicating formats. Okay, do you like $1 hotel versus a $100,000 hotel? 
Let me show you $1 yacht versus a million dollar yacht. You like that? Let me show you $1 supercar versus a million dollar supercar, right? Mm -hmm. So like formats matter in the context of virality and library viewership. So viral videos can be a curse if you don't have a format. Or a consistent value prop. Yeah. I, I get stressed about adjusting format now on the main channel because I am looking at library views on a daily basis and they are like growing at a very rapid pace. And it's a really positive thing for us from a brand perspective and from a monetization perspective. Our AdSense revenue is the highest it's ever been. Yeah. It's, um, and that is largely because of the library viewership. Yeah. But so, don't you think YouTube knows how to deliver a certain type of format and video to someone who likes it? I like, think so. I'm not afraid that if we were to start uploading a bunch of 15 minute studio tour style videos. Yeah. I'm, maybe this is wrong. I'm not worried that, you know, people who are used to our now hour and a half podcasts are going to show up on those videos and, and not like them or something, or the experience yeah. will be that different. Yeah. I would assume that YouTube will find the person who's interested in the 15 Yeah, I think it's a safe assumption, but I look at channels like Diary of a CEO, you know, that's, that's growing quite a bit as a podcast channel or Andrew Schultz's flagrant. And I look at those and I'm like, they don't vary in format. And they're growing at a really rapid pace. Um, you know, can we can we vary in format now? Um, I don't know. I mean, I'd like to, but I don't know. I don't know the answer. Yeah, I think we can do whatever we want. It just depends how much we, uh, how we interact with the signals that we get from putting out an experiment. Yeah. Do we get fearful because we put out a 15-minute episode of, of a studio tour or something it doesn't do well and then we go oh we can't do that anymore we let's go back to mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to podcasts yeah you know? yeah i think that's also a, a zoom out of like what's the brand we're building yeah is the brand we're building a podcast it is and that's where i get you know i'm like can we vary in format in that or is that a separate channel again it comes back to this this concept of like the library being one of the most valuable things so I don't know. I'm curious to hear what you guys think. This is a this is a creator support question from us to you. I don't think we can start any more channels right now. No, we can't start other channels. But we have enough that we can put other content on. We have enough, we have enough channels. Enough. And I have a lot of domains too. So we have a lot of websites that That's we can true. put we stuff on. a lot on. of websites. A lot of websites. Let's talk about some of the announcements, how the platforms are about to change. We started the trip going to YouTube, sitting down with Neil Mohan, the CEO of YouTube. That interview is coming out very soon. Uh, I'm excited for everyone to hear that. Let's talk about some of the announcements that they made and some of the takeaways from the time at YouTube. So a lot of the announcements were sort of focused on the mobile-first short-form creator, mm -hmm. whether it be YouTube Create, which is the standalone editing app. Yeah, so let me read what they announced. So they announced YouTube Create, um, which is a new app that's similar to TikTok's CapCut. It's essentially a mobile editing app. It's only available on Android, which we can talk about in a second. Um, they launched Dream Screen, which is a new um, AI feature specifically for shorts where you can use text prompts to generate AI-generated videos and photos. They announced uh, Allowed, which is automatic dubbing. So in our YouTube backend, we can now dub our content into other languages using Allowed. Um, they also announced a AI assistant in YouTube Studio who will help with music recommendations as well as topic ideas and outlines for potential videos. I guess those are the, the announcements. Those are the announcements. Those are the announcements. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there's nothing else that they announced. Yeah, yeah so these are 
primarily really outside of the research assistant yeah uh, and allowed focused at the short form yeah. mobile first creator uh, and really kind of focused at the hobbyist hmm right the like first time potentially uploader or creator yeah cuz basically all of it is lowering the barrier which you can zoom out and go that's a good thing but it also just creates more content. Now, is more content a good thing for the ecosystem? I think it's a good thing for the platform, right? More people uploading to YouTube is, is net positive. The challenge that YouTube faces is that it's way easier to make a Instagram reel or a TikTok right now, you know, and that they need to compete in that direction of like your first path into the platform to becoming a creator on the platform. Mm -hmm. So these make it easier to do, specifically YouTube Create. I think makes makes it a lot easier to do. Um, important that it's available only on Android to start. I think that's important just if you zoom out and think about the global creator economy. India does not have any ByteDance products, so they do not have CapCut. They do not have TikTok. So YouTube Shorts and YouTube Create have a massive opportunity there. Android is the primary device that's used over there, so that makes sense to me. Um, but yeah, it does seem like not, there weren't, and we talked to Neil about this, not a lot of announcements that are geared towards the long form creator on YouTube. Yeah, now that is to say you can edit horizontal videos in YouTube Create. In YouTube Create. Yeah. It would have to be basically phone footage so it's not super heavy. Right. The files aren't heavy. Um, but yeah, not that much of an emphasis on the, I guess I would call it like professional long form creator. Yeah. Which maybe that's a really small percentage, actually. It might be a very small percentage of YouTube. That, that yeah. gets more specific, high-touch treatment when mm -hmm, it comes mm -hmm. to what they need. Yeah, I think uh, I'll save some of this to, to say, listen to our interview with the CEO, because we give, we give our POV and our feedback um, on what we think for the future of YouTube. But I think for creators to just react to these announcements, like my biggest takeaway from all of this was like, focus on the timeless concepts the timeless concepts of like storytelling and connecting with an audience, all these features are going to, are going to come. They're going to be new things on the platform over the next year or two. AI is going to accelerate a lot of this, but just get really rooted in the timeless concepts and just stick to those, you know, like how do I tell a compelling story? How do I connect with an audience on a deep level? How do I make sure I'm engaging with my audience on a regular basis? Just like, like really focus on those. How do I develop formats? How do I like, just I would say even before that, is there an underserved market that I care about? Yeah. And which platform do they live on? Are they on YouTube? Do they watch shorts? Are right. they on Instagram? Like those are the two questions I think for like the early stage creator is right. an underserved market that doesn't have enough content out there. It doesn't have enough media about what is happening within that community. Can you be the person to provide that? And then where do those people hang out? So now let's go over to Palo Alto and Meta. Palo Alto was beautiful, just have to say. The weather was great. It was a great We time. walked around Stanford, felt like I was in the social network. Very nice. Um, Interesting experience just because you and I are part of this generation that like got Facebook at the end of high school. Yeah, yeah. Like knew what it was like to get what felt like, even though there was MySpace, the first real social network. Maybe I said the TikTok because it used to be called the Facebook. Sure, yeah. Yeah, so it's possible. I'm from that generation. But it felt like we were stepping into a bit of history by going yeah. to Meta and going we, to Facebook. We also haven't engaged with Meta that much. True. You know, like we've been so YouTube. We are very mm -hmm. YouTube first creators and um, we haven't engaged with Meta as much. 
and went to MetaConnect, which is their event that's similar to Made on YouTube. It's where they're announcing new features. And they announced features in three different categories. One was mixed reality, one was AI, and then the third was smart glasses. There were some stark differences between, you know, spending a few days at YouTube, spending yeah. a few days at, at Meta. Mainly, you know, the announcements from YouTube, it's very clear they are driven towards helping creators make videos because it helps the advertising mm -hmm. business. Like, that's what it is. It's a little bit more niche. Yeah. Head over to Meta, and it's like, we are just focused on the future of human connection. Like, but, not creators yeah. necessarily, but just how you interact. And that's what their products Mm -hmm. are more geared towards, Creators right? are like a part WhatsApp of Yeah. is communication. Even Instagram being so heavily DM focused. Like this is more about communicating yes. than it is a creator making something that someone will then consume. It, it's not as much about entertainment no. as it is about communication. And I, I, as we were flying to Palo Alto, I had this thought where I was curious about their announcements because I was like, you know what is interesting is my entire family, even my family in India, my 80-year-old aunt in India uses WhatsApp and Facebook, and maybe Instagram, mm -hmm. but would never use YouTube. Maybe watches videos. Like she watches probably, she probably it, yeah. uses. Is that, so okay, sorry. She doesn't like create anything on YouTube. She definitely watches like music. And in but India, not people leaving a comment. Music. No, it's yeah. not engaging with YouTube in the same. Doesn't way. Doesn't have like a YouTube account necessarily. Yeah. yeah. My entire family uses Meta on a daily basis. Uses a Meta product on a daily basis. Instagram, Facebook, WhatsApp. Those are massive communication platforms. So the way Meta has to move is to actually encompass all of those, like all of everyone. Yeah. It, YouTube needs to consider everyone, but there's they're a little bit more targeted. Way more targeted. Way yeah. more targeted, especially with the YouTube app and YouTube shorts. Mm -hmm. YouTube TV is different. I think a more comparable uh, sort of experience would have been made on YouTube uh, in New York, and then an Instagram keynote specifically yeah. for how for Instagram is changing. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So um, in this, like Meta announced Mixed Reality, which is their new VR headset, the Quest 3. Crazy experience. Like you and I yeah. got to experience that. That was crazy. You mm -hmm. basically put on the headset and you're in a room and inside of that room, there's like another world yeah, that you can things on the that walls, you can access yeah on this table in front of you and I there could be a board game that we're playing that we there, actually and we did those things yeah like, we did those this was crazy bizarre it was very bizarre and uh like the quality of it was substantial a lot of people have been talking about the Lex Friedman Mark Zuckerberg podcast and how the jump from last year what the metaverse looked like to this year what the metaverse looks like like that those were photorealistic versions of Lex Friedman and Mark Zuckerberg. If you have not seen this, we will link it. Um, you should absolutely watch it. And you know what, Jesse, let's play a let's play a clip of it right now just while I'm talking so you can get a sense of what is happening. But this was like really shocking advancements in the Quest 3. Um, and the fact that we maybe in, in a year or two, you and I will be doing interviews wearing those with a creator from London. You know, we just did that London trip. They could be sitting right there and, people wouldn't be able to tell and it would feel like we're talking to them. Maybe, right? You know? and Instead of doing a Zoom. Yeah, and <laughs> we're, we're kind of like tentative to do remote interviews because we feel like the engagement isn't the same. Yeah. That'll change it uh, quite a bit. The second piece was Meta AI, which is, you know, they're kind of, the most substantial thing was these chatbots. Mr. Yeah. Beast is one of them. So a host of basically digital characters yeah. uh, who have different personalities that you can interact with. 
but they are played by famous people and mm-hmm. celebrities. Yeah. This to me felt like, you know, if, if I'm to relate this to creators, because there are a lot of creators, Lord DIY is in it, Josh Richards is in it, Charlie Mr. D'Amelio. Beast, Charlie D'Amelio. Um, there's a lot of creators involved in it who are playing the character or like, I guess, representative. They're the face of the chat bot. Yeah, they're representative of, of the chat bot. Um, the one thing I think creators should be wary of here is the concept of advice. Anyone who's like an advice creator, and I think we fall into that. In the future, will advice be more trusted from a chatbot than from a creator or a human? Well, I think also uh, th- there's already been a large distinction between advice from like a Google search yeah. and advice from a YouTube video where you know it's like a real human. Sure. So I think we've already had to fit into that, those two lanes. But is it going to take like, a step further of similar to directions, which I brought up to you? Of like if I'm to ask someone like, hey, how do I get to the airport and a, and a human being writes it down on a piece of paper and hands it to me. I don't trust that more than I trust AI, right? Like I, I trust Google Maps more than that. So as humans giving advice, you know, financial advice on YouTube is a big thing. Fitness advice on YouTube is a big thing. Like is advice in question as these chatbots emerge? I think advice, ha- advice has been in question. Why did you say advice? Because I messed up saying okay. advice. I thought you were. Yeah. I so thought then it was I had like, to. That's like a thing you do. Like when you mess like, up the word, the next time you say it, you you say it in a way that makes it very. I clear. thought you were saying like advertorial advice. Well, is advice that's a, that's a different topic? Right? <laughs> that's a whole other topic. Um, now the meta AI is also integrated into the Ray Ban smart glasses. Wait, before we move on, the yeah. one thing I want to add is that they also announced an AI studio mm-hmm. where you're going to be able to make your own That's true. AI. Chat and on. they gave the example of Huberman Lab where yeah. Andrew Huberman could potentially turn himself into Huberman AI and fans could interact and ask questions true. and then the answers would be based off of, uh, I'm guessing, a collection of mm-hmm. data from his you know Transcripts from his podcast. From his I mean, podcast. people in our Discord Which have shared- People have done of us. Colin and Samir yeah. chatbots, right? Like people yeah. have made them- um, yeah, I mean, the, it, there's a, probably a very near future where there's a Colin and Smear AI that you go, hey, you know, how do I A-B test thumbnails on YouTube? And it's like, hey, guys, here's how you do it, which is crazy. Yeah, I, again, I would be wary of uh, wanting the chatbot to give advice. Yeah. Letting it sort of database our episodes sure. and provide information based off questions, I'm okay with that. But sort of using it, and running our transcripts to then formulate new advice. Yeah. If someone took that advice and it was wrong, they were like, hey, man, your, your yeah. AI, Colin and Smear AI really led me astray there. Yeah, yeah totally. It's scary. It's scary. The scaling of your name, image, voice, likeness, essence, all of that as creators is really interesting. Like to see Tom Brady as one of these. As Brew. At Brew and Mr. Beast as Zach, the chatbot, it was it was. It was very strange to yeah. see, and and it's it makes sense to me. You have to humanize and build trust with AI, um, but you know, for creators to start scaling themselves in that way, I think is it's happening faster than I anticipated. Yeah, I was surprised uh, with sort of the guts that Facebook, yeah, or Meta, sorry, has yeah. like the the willingness to do some things that are a little bit more difficult to comprehend, feel way more futuristic, mm-hmm. like. The smart glasses. Yeah. Right. Of course, there's been Google Glass, there's been Snapchat mm-hmm. spectacles, but the Ray-Ban Metas, these smart glasses, which have AI, the ability to like talk to them and get answers back. Uh, and then eventually we'll get a software update where you can be looking at something and go, 
like, hey, Meta, what am I looking at? And it would be like, you're looking at Samir. You're looking at a semi-famous guy. Who you're looking at a semi-famous <laughs> guy named Samir. That feels yeah. like the Jetsons to me. I mean, I wore them for probably three hours, and it was the most substantial piece of tech I've engaged with since my first smartphone, I would say. Like, I've, I was amazed in a way that I haven't been in a long time. Um, I think they're cool looking. The camera quality is amazing. Yeah. The POV shots you can get is incredible. The music, you can listen to music on them. And I don't even know how that's happening. Like, I don't understand what's happening that it, I can hear the music and you can't, and I don't have headphones in. Yeah. Um, and then you can just talk to it. Like I said, what's the weather going to be like tomorrow? And it just told me what the weather was going to be like tomorrow. It was yeah, crazy. I think the chance of adoption is a lot higher here because of the price point. Yeah. Like a normal pair of Ray-Bans is $170. Right. These are coming out at $299. Yeah, that's crazy. And they know what you're looking at and you can <laughs> talk to them. Like and that's not that for, substantial. For creators, these also can live stream. So like the live, the new like kind of, on the street live streaming generation is going to adopt these like very fast. I think so. I think yeah. in general, the future- The POV seem, live streamer, yeah. It seems like the future uh, of wearables is wearables that don't look like wearables. Mm-hmm. Right. Contacts, like, implantation. Maybe. Neuralink. Even think about uh, Humane. Yeah. When they released those demos of like the little thing that sits in the pocket of your shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it doesn't like, you can't tell that it's on your body, yeah. but it like- is potentially like a replacement for the phone. There's a lot of fear there too, obviously, because it's like, I want to be, I want to know if someone's recording me. Yeah. You know, like I want to know. So there's going to be, there's, all this is going to happen in in like public and wallets out there where there's going to be, it's going to go really far. Like the, the nature of tech is two steps forward, one step back. So yeah, I mean, and also like the tagline of Meta for a long time was move fast and break things. That seems to be the collective uh, vibe right now. Vibe around yeah. AI yeah. for every mm -hmm. platform. I think all of this has been really accelerated by OpenAI and ChatGPT, of yeah. course. Um, but just on the last bit here of, of kind of announcements that were made, another announcement that was made was ChatGPT and it's um, uh, uh, multiple things. One, text to image. It's now integrated with Dolly and it, you can just type in anything and it'll generate an image. Uh, the second thing is like the conversational nature of the AI where you can take a photo. The example they showed was you can take a photo of a bike and say, hey, how do I adjust the seat? And it will look at that exact bike and say, look at above the wheel. You see that? Yeah. Press that and do like, it'll react to the specific thing. Then you can draw a circle and be like, are you talking about this? And it'll be like, yeah, I'm talking about that. Use an Allen wrench to do that. Then they showed an example of taking a picture of a big tool set which one's the Allen wrench. And then it comes back and it goes, that one. Like, that's crazy that yeah. you're engaging with, um, again, like advice and personalized uh, moments of asking like, how do I do this? Because I thought about the YouTube channel, Dad, How Do I? Remember that one? Yeah. That was a channel that emerged in the pandemic of a dad, you know, making YouTube videos, teaching you how to do things that dads do. How, yeah. how do I fix this leaky faucet? That was an example from the Ray-Ban Metas mm -hmm. and with ChatGPT now. Okay, how do I fix this faucet will no longer be a YouTube search. Yeah, I wonder what, how-to always used to be like the most popular search on YouTube. That to me that is- may not be the case. Th that forward. to me, I, I don't know. Or there will be a big 
kind of reaction to this and saying, I want it from a human being. I don't, I don't want to engage with AI to tell me how to do something. Yeah. I guess it depends how good the experience is. Yeah. If it's so personalized that it actually knows what you're looking at and can give you specific advice, that's better than like the directions that come in the box. Totally. You know? Yeah. Well, let's give some advice. Okay. Let's yeah. give some human advice. How about some human advice? All right. Try that on for size. What do you got? All right. This question comes from our subreddit from you slash Munila. Sponsorships. I'm, I'm going to stop you right there. Yeah. I got some human advice that just came to me. Okay. Don't reboot the office. Oh my God. Don't please. do it. Whatever you do. We don't need it. Whatever you do. It was an amazing run. Do We're not still do watching it. all of the episodes again and again and again. And, don't and do it. we're satiated. We don't need more. Please don't do That's it. That's my human advice. Please. For the people who are rebooting the office. To Greg Daniels. Please don't do it, Greg. Okay. Sorry. Um, Carry on. All right. So this comes from Munila uh, Sponsorships. I'm a YouTuber who blew up in July. I went from zero subscribers to 20,000 and from zero to 700,000 viewers. I would like to have some brand deals in my videos to help me get better gear. How do I approach brand deals when it's my first time? How do you negotiate deals? Can someone help me regarding this? What's the best way to go about it? Thank you in advance. I'm quite confused. Okay. 700,000 views? Yeah. So first and foremost, like I would, it's really interesting because we're, we're close to finishing our course about this exact subject. And there's a lot that comes into this. Like there are, to me, I would look at process for you. Like, was this a, did you blow up because of a specific video or are you blowing up because you're releasing consistent content? The reason why that matters is because you should have a system for figuring out how a brand fits into what you're doing. And when it's your first brand deal, it can be really confusing. Like for us, we had no system for that when we took our first brand deal, which was actually just trade for product. And instead of doing a brand integration, we just made a dedicated video about the, yeah. these glasses. And it, it, it was forever. It wasn't the video that our audience wanted. Our audience didn't want a full product review of blue light glasses. Like, and the brand didn't want that. The brand wanted a short mention of the blue light glasses that's authentic to what we make. But we were so unsure of what we were making that yeah. we just ended up making an ad. Obviously, we go way more into this in the course. It's like yeah. very nuanced. Uh, but I would say just... Generally, in this experience, make sure that you are aware that you are the restaurant here and they are the person coming in, mm -hmm. right? So you need to be very clear of like what you offer, yeah, how much it costs. There's so, yeah, there's a lot to this. We get this question a lot. Um, to give you specific advice, I would map out who's your audience, why do they watch you, how often do you post, and what do you offer? Like what, what, what does the you, brand get? What does the brand get? What do you offer to them? Is it a 30 second integration? Is it a 60 second integration? Is it at the beginning of the video? Is it at the middle of the video? What are you comfortable with? And then offer that to them. And I would not go out and try and source this yourself. I would try and reach out to um, an agency or, you know, someone who has access to brands because it's going to take you a long time to pitch and negotiate. Um, keep focusing on creating the content. Find someone to negotiate the deals. And for all of my French viewers out there, I should answer this in French too. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Si vous négociez des accords de marque vous-même, le défi est de passer plus de temps sur la négociation et les affaires, qui peut ne pas être votre domaine de compétence, et moins de temps sur la créativité. Do you want to answer this for our Hindi audience, Hindi-speaking audience? So, जब आप अपने पहले ब्रांड सौदे के बारे में सोच रहे हैं, तो सुनिश्चित करें कि आप समझते हैं कि इस मामले में ब्रांड सौदा व्यापार है. 
तो आप यह सुनिश्चित करें कि यह वीडियो का सबसे अच्छा हिस्सा है और यह आपके दर्शकों के लिए है आप चाहते हैं कि यह मान्यता प्राप्त हो Okay, if you're curious what the hell that just was, uh that is a new AI tool called Heygen that uh can just translate your video extremely fast and change your lips to move in the way of what those words are we just said. È incredibile. Aspetta che arrivi su YouTube, Instagram e TikTok. Questo è. That's crazy. And sorry, I just said that in Italian. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah, what I meant to say was wait till that comes to YouTube and Instagram and TikTok. Um all right, we are in the deep end right now, Cole. Oh, I know it. Yeah, you know it. You can feel it. Mm -hmm. It's a state of being. Water's warm today. Uh, let me share a quick gripe. Please. We were traveling a lot, and we ended up in a lot of um, bathrooms that have the automatic faucets. Yep. I hate when those don't work. Mm -hmm. When you're standing there with soap on your hands, and you're like waving your hand in front of and them. And it doesn't work. You move to the next one. And you move to the next one, and then the other one starts working because you walked away, and you're yeah. like, oh, can I, should and I go back And then there's a guy there? working at one. You got to go around him. And, oh. Yeah, and he's got the one that you want because he's, for some reason, his is the only reason, one that his works. his is working, yeah. yeah. Oh, the worst. Yeah. Another gripe yeah. that we shared together was we were walking uh, in Palo Alto, mm. and we hear, on your left. Oh, I have a split second yeah, to, to figure to out. Think about which one's my left and which one's my right. Yeah, no, I'm thank gonna, you. I'm going to have to take the time to look at my hands, see which one exactly. is, is an L in the right direction. Oh, we could create a massive accident. Yeah, recognize that's my left. And then the question is, do I move to my right? Because you just said left, also, which is going to make me want to move to man, my left. Look, man, I'm going one mile an hour. You're going like 15. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to need you to be a little more descriptive. Yeah. All right? And, no, it's and true. And be aware that I'm moving at a slower pace, and I don't know you're there. Yeah. So say... Like, it's a good point. Hey, I'm 20 feet back. I'm going to need you to move slightly to your right. Yeah. Crazy. You know what I mean? And it's then crazy. now I'm 10 feet back a yeah. little more, you know? It's crazy. It's like, yeah. Hopefully once we have the Ray-Ban Metas on, it'll just tell us. Have a back cam a backup well, camera? Yeah. Or it'll be like a Tesla and it'll just, we can put ourselves on autopilot and it'll just move us. Mm. You know, that would be that's nice. That's the world I want to live yeah, in. Yeah. That's the world yeah. we want to live in. Um, before we get out of here, I'm wearing a hoodie right now that says press publish. It's a, it's a new sample that we're experimenting with. It's a with. prototype. It's a prototype, um, but I love it. It's really great. We're probably gonna change the color of this print. Uh, I did wanna talk about some of the ideas we got in Discord about Press Publish merch. Uh, we asked for ideas from our community and we got some amazing ones. Um, one of my favorites came from Screen. He's also a really interesting character in our Discord. Yep. And he gave us, like we, we were kind of going in that camo direction of story hunters and gave us this concept of these like neon windbreakers. The reflective print. The reflective print. print. It's so cool. Uh, so I just want to shout him out. I don't know if we can do that, but. I think we can do it for reflective sure. Reflective print? Oh, let's try it. All right, let's it try it. Cool. Um, now, it looks cool. Now, some of these designs may not come out in our next drop. I yeah. think there's going to be a little bit of development time. We're currently uh, working through samples, trying to get everything perfectly right. Yeah. Um, Maddie from Unnecessary Inventions. Did you see what he put in? No, I didn't. Oh my God, it's so good. It's uh, branded SD cards. Oh, that's cool. It's a great idea. Wow. No and one all, has done- All yellow SD card? No one has done SD cards. Ooh, let's do that. Press publish How SD do do cards. That? I don't know. Can someone help us do that? I wonder if Maddie's sitting on the other side right now. Going, Maybe yeah, I'm the one that yeah, can help he's like, you. like, I pitched that's this to you guys. That's why I pitched this yeah. in the Discord. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Okay, we're going to go figure that out. Thanks so much for watching this episode of Creator Support. We will see you next week. Thank you again to Uscreen.